Welcome to Cash Call. Listen live as expert sales trainers give actionable feedback on real calls while you learn coaching tips directly from the professionals. Cash Call back again. Brian Curtis, Dale Archdeacon back for another week. And uh, for those of you who are watching us live on Facebook right now, the 56 of you, uh, you heard the back room discussion. For those of you watching us uh, on Facebook uh, live streaming, you didn't hear what Brian and I were just talking about, which is that obviously pretty much across North America, uh, the, the market is down and most real estate agents and teams are doing less business than they did last year. Um, some of them are crushing it. Some of them are doing even better. But, you know, Brian and I are here to preach the gospel of contacts and sales conversations. That nasty stuff that you had to do when you first got started or back when, uh, you know, the market tanked, you got to do it again. Right, Brian? Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to reframe it a little bit. It's not that nasty. All it is is having conversations with people. And uh, a lot of people, you know, it, let's just let's just rename something for fun today. If you if you are saying I'm cold calling, stop it. Because if you want to just like hit yourself in the head before you dial the phone, call it a cold call. But let's reframe. Let's start to think about this as opportunities because I thought you were going to call it dating. You're like, no, just reframe it. We're dating. I'm going to I'm going to spend an hour or two dating today. We'll see if anything pans out. Is that what you were going to say? Not, I think I'd rather cold call than date. So maybe that's why they come up with that one. But uh, but my point is this, you know, even dating market's tough out there. I believe you, Alex. I'm not Thanks, in that Alex. market. I don't want to be in that market. But here's my point. Think about this. You can you can go and call somebody out of your pond or your past client or whatever, and you can look at that as a cold call, or you can say, this is an opportunity, and I only need three, four, five opportunities a month. And so I think a lot of people are 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 in this mind, oh my God, I got to cold call. You don't have to cold call. You got plenty of leads. Call your past clients, call your sphere, call those, by the way, a pay-per-click lead, a Facebook lead. Those aren't cold calls. Those are warm calls. So I'm just challenging to reframe the way you look at this. It's step one to being successful in this market. Yeah, absolutely. And now, um, oh, somebody, Phil joined Robert Slack. Robert Slack's a fantastic team. Glad you're, glad you're here watching Cash Call with us. I have a call today that we're going to be playing, and uh, this was a user or user, a listener submitted call. Uh, hopefully, it's the actual listener who whose call we're reviewing. I don't know if it was a team leader who submitted a teammate's call, whatever it may be. Um, but there's two things, and you know, I know we constantly talk about uh, intros, so I'm going to go ahead and play this one, Brian. Uh, we obviously talk a lot about intros, so I have to give it a nod. We'll talk about the intro, but more importantly, what I'm going to cover inside this call is uh, a lack of rapport. It's just a lack of rapport building. And, you know, there's just no hooks put into this person. And when we listen to this, I'm going to listen to it on 1.25. I'm going to skip a little bit of it. But when we listen to it, I want you guys to be listening for this and hearing this, that there's a lot of opportunities where this agent, this salesperson could have taken an off-ramp, if you will, from just the basic discovery. Uh, there, that like getting more info from the from the prospect and the other thing is that the agent or salesperson was spending too much time trying to prove how much they know uh so mm. that that's always a pet peeve of mine so let's let's listen to this we'll first listen to the intro and then move past it brian i'm going to play this give me a thumbs up when you hear it will do um, hi good morning is this louis yes who's calling 
Hi, Louis. My name is Mari. I have an inquiry from you that you were searching for some homes in Lakeland, and I sent you a list to your email. So I wanted to make sure that you received it, or if you're not looking in Lakeland, I can send you a, a list in the city you are looking in. Okay, so first problem, she asked if it was Lewis. We don't ask, we know. It's always Lewis, or if it's a name that you don't think you can pronounce or don't feel comfortable pronouncing, just skip it. Just move right yes. past it. I think one of the teams that I coach, one of the top salespeople there, he does uh, 60 to 70 houses a year. He says he just never uses names. He's like, ah, I just skip it. I don't care anymore. Right? He just goes straight into it. And he's still selling 60 to 70 houses a year. I still use them. I like to use it, right? Uh, people like to hear their own name typically. So it's it's a way of immediately creating some rapport with most people. Some people I agree. are opposed so to it. I, I want to note something before I say this. I realize that you paid this at 1.25 speed. I also want to say she's talking significantly faster than the than the client. Let's try it again. Let's put it on one. Okay. So that people can actually catch it. Hello. Hi, Hello. Good morning. Is this Louis? Yes, who's calling? Hi, Louis. My name is Mari. I have an inquiry from you that you were searching for some homes in Lakeland, and I sent you a list to your email. So I wanted to make sure that you received it, or if you're not looking in Lakeland, I can send you a, a list in the city you are looking in. Now, I don't think it's super terrible. Well, it's not too bad. Uh, but she shouldn't ask if it's him. She should sound like she knows who he is. And she should sound like uh, she's more excited to talk to him, I would say. Yeah, and it wasn't as fast as I thought. You know, it's hard to tell when you're at 1.5. But there was still, it still felt a little bit rushed as if she was reading off the script. So just a little bit more conversational. So there's another thing, and I'll talk about this. We don't spend a lot of time talking about this, but there's a thing called content jumps. So. I'm going to talk about George W. Bush. God bless George W. Bush, right? That doesn't Everybody, date you at all. No, I know I'm 100. It's okay. You'll get over it. Okay. So when George W. Bush talked, he would talk in three-word chunks, maybe four-word chunks. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. He got made fun of for it, actually. He did it on purpose. And he was trained to do it. Here's the thing. If you talk in content chunks that are very too big and too long, kind of like this person just did, there's a real chance that you're going to lose the person. If you talk in smaller content chunks, you irritate people like Dale and I, but you don't lose us. So if you have to pick, pick a smaller content chunk than a bigger content chunk, she had huge content chunks. So just things to think about. Yeah. All right. So let's play this. Here's what I want you listening for. I want you, the listeners listening for opportunities to build rapport. And I want you listening for what I interpreted as this salesperson spending too much time demonstrating what she knows, which might sound in some cases like paraphrasing. What am I looking for again? I didn't, I didn't hear what you said. You were searching for a home property, property to purchase in Lakeland. Yes. With acres. And so I sent a list to your email of available properties that we have in the market, but I didn't know if you received it. So I wanted to make sure that you received it or... Lakeland is not just what you're looking for. I can expand. Um, Lakeland um, area going um, west toward Tampa. Okay, so from Lakeland, I guess Lakeland is as far out as you're willing to go, but you want yeah. to go to Tampa. So Polk City, Bartow, Plant City, all of these, um, maybe? You know, as far as uh, Polk, but I'm uh, more looking toward going uh, 
toward the um, west, not toward the east. Okay. So let me make that change. Now, that's the first point, not just the first point, but a glaring point of available rapport. Okay. Does he live in those areas? What's bringing him to those areas? Has he been to those areas? I like those areas. I've been in the blah, 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 right? This is a big point. Like a, if you needed to know where you could stop and get off of the robotic discovery uh, train, this is a big glaring stop, right, Brian? Oh, we lost your sound. It was amazing. There okay, so there we go. Technical, technical difficulties. So re remember that you're looking for an opportunity to get them to talk, not the other way around. And so when you ask the questions, yes, we're going to ask how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, what's your price range, what's your location. We have to ask all those things. We have to have those data points to plug them in the MLS. But when someone says, oh, I want to be in such and such, oh, perfect. What do you love about that area? Yeah. Exactly. What's bringing you there? Do you currently live there? Just all those questions that Dale said. And I hate to say this, but if you don't know when to ask those questions, listen to some of your calls and find them and then just script them out. Because basically, everyone's going to say, I want to live in location XYZ. And every single time you can ask those questions. If you're like, I don't know when to do it, figure, practice, go back and listen to your calls, pull it out and write yourself a little script and use it the next time you make a call. And here's another point about this call. I think we could almost play a drinking game based on how many times this guy says he wants land. And she never asks what he wants land for or what he's going to do with the land, right? Uh, obviously, we would couch it into a better phrased question, but the question never gets asked. Um, as far as price point goes, have you decided where you want to stay within? Um, uh, no more than seven. Any uh, size of acres that you'd like to, to also put in the criteria? Um, it, dep it depends on what we're getting. I mean, if, let's say, for example, if... Uh... It depends on what we're getting, okay? So no what more than mean? seven. <laughs> she assumed 700,000, right? And not That's 7 million. What's that? As did I. Yeah, so she assumed 700,000, which that was a that was a leap, but there's another clarifying question that can be made. Uh, and then he says, she says, how much land are you looking for? And he said, it depends, or sorry, what, wait, did he say the price depended on the land or the land depended on the price? The opportunity, I, what I heard was depends on what I'm getting. Yeah, okay. You know, in other, you know, in other words, you know, maybe I want 25 acres, maybe I'll take five acres if it's oceanfront. I don't know what he's thinking, but that's kind of what I'm hearing is it really depends on what it is. Yeah. So here's what, what everybody should be hearing. There are people that are specific about how much space they want or how much land they want. And then there are people that are unspecific about how much land they want. And both of those categories tell you something about the person you're talking to, right? If you're really specific about the size of land you want, you probably have pretty specific uses for it or needs. And then you can ask into that. If you're unclear about how much land you want, you could be a developer, an investor, you could, you know, you just, who knows, man, maybe you want some recreational hunting. I have no idea what you're doing with all that land, but to be, it's actually more strange to not have an idea of how much land you wanted than it is to have an idea of how much you want. Would you right. agree? I, I would, and I'm not even sure if he doesn't know, like, well, another thing that came up for me is he looking at price per acre. 
because he said 700. Okay. Does that mean that's his max price and he wants to get as many acres as he want can have, or maybe, maybe he buys a five acre piece of land and only spends 250. There's so much more discovery that needs to happen. Cause I got no idea. Right. I'm, right. I'm a little lost. So let's hear what happens here. We're get five acres at, uh, you know, 500,000, you know, and Hey, so it all, it all depends on what the property has to offer. Okay, there you go. So let me go ahead and include that in there. I'll go ahead and view those properties and just single family homes, no manufactured homes with land, right? So she's everything that you and I just talked about goes out though. She skipped right over all that stuff. We didn't unpack this guy. We we and you can hear in his tone of voice that he is not in rapport with us. Not at all. Not at all. Hopefully the listeners can hear that. If you're a listener and you don't hear why Brian and Dale just said this guy's not in rapport with us, you need to replay this recording and listen to it for yourself because both he and I hear it. Well, and note this, if you go back and listen to it, listen to how he answered. The very first thing that comes out of his mouth, I don't remember what the words are because the words are irrelevant. That's how much it matters. It's kind of like, like what I'm hearing is, I'm not sure why you're calling me. If I was next to you, I'd punch you in the head, but I'm on the other end, so I can't do that. So I guess I'll tolerate you. So to me, all the discovery in the world, although I think it's important, the more important thing is to make the guy sound like he'd rather not be poking himself in the eyes with sharp sticks than talking to me. Like, I want to do something to get this guy moving a positive. I'm not saying I can, but I'm going to try. Yeah. She ignores that. Yeah. So listener, Mari Cruz, uh, we're not hammering on you. It's not yeah. you that's making the guy want to poke his own eye out. He wanted to poke his eye out when he got onto the phone and nothing has changed since is the is what we're saying. Um, and the yes. way to do that, when I point out where the rapport could be built, where there are some places to unpack and show interest in what he's doing and or why he's doing it, that will build rapport. That puts into the world of two humans interacting with each other versus what you sound like right now, a really nice order taker and him a very annoyed person who's trying to order something or not even trying to order something. Yeah. Again, you know, and I don't know if this was an incoming call or an outgoing, I'm guessing it was outgoing. So this uh, was a lead that she had interacted with my email, sent some listings to, and I don't even know how much they interacted. I think he registered. She sent him some listings based on what his initial search was. And then she was following up on it. Yeah. And so she was doing her job. Awesome. Step one, accomplished. Step two, understand that it's still interruption marketing, right? In other words, this guy was not probably sitting around going, I can't wait for, can't remember her name, to give me a call so I can talk to her about the land that I want to buy. That's not what he's doing. So we have to understand that when we're interrupting somebody, it's our job to make it more pleasant for them because they didn't, they weren't sitting around waiting for you to call. Yeah. And I think you do that by showing interest in them. Most people like talking about themselves. Uh, 100%. Yeah. And when you get them talking about themselves, usually they like you better. Yes. People's uh, favorite subject is themselves, right? Most people. Yes. But the, uh, um, the manufacturer depends on how much land is there. Okay. So you're open to manufacturing homes. So I'm going to skip down a little ways, and then we'll hear how she closes us out. We would be uh, um, renting ours out or something to that extent, because we don't have a mortgage. And that would be um, great to help you qualify for, you know. They have several properties, and they don't need to rent anything out, okay? 
And so here, let me back it up just a little bit. Looking to see, you know, what you do with it. It's not necessarily like you're in a lease or you need to like- Fit in what we're looking for. Once we found it, we bought it right away, but then it, it's a matter of it fitting what we're looking for. Okay, so as long as it makes sense, then you guys would be looking to see, you know, what you do with it. It's not necessarily like you're in a lease or you need to like leave the lease. You have your already your property. We own, we own, we own three properties already and we don't have to leave. If yeah. we leave, we'd be- uh, um renting ours out or something to that extent we don't have okay she's trying to find motivation or timing by asking if they have a property they need to take care of or if they're currently in a lease he said no we own multiple properties and we can rent out what we're living in but we don't have to so again we through this whole call have not figured out why this guy is buying a big piece of land and the fact that he has a lot of properties. Now, Ryan, somebody who has multiple properties probably knows what the hell they're doing unless they were left to them, correct? Usually. Usually. Okay. Now listen to how this salesperson responds to the guy after he says, we have properties, don't have to rent them out. It's all good. We own multiple things. No mortgage. And that would be um, great to help you qualify for, you know, a, a nice, an even nicer loan program when you, you know, put your house to rent and then you get that income and make you qualify for, you know, whatever house that you're looking for. Have you talked to a lender? Did you hear all of that talking that she did? Mm -hmm. So everybody listening, stop trying to educate somebody if they don't demonstrate need to be educated or a request to be educated. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a first time home buyer discussion right there. Right. Hey, by the way, we can get you into some cool programs. There's different things, da, 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 da. It's not a guy who owns three properties outright. That guy understands how to buy and sell stuff. You're insulting him. Exactly. I think this is an important point to make. I understand probably what this salesperson was doing because a lot of salespeople do it where they're like, oh, I want to demonstrate that I'm knowledgeable. I want to demonstrate my value. And so I'm going to educate you. And or, hey, you're really knowledgeable. I can see you're knowledgeable. I want to show you that I am too and that I'm on your level as well. And so I'm going to do it by trying to educate you. And, and then we'll be, we'll be sort of meeting eye to eye. That's not the way that it sounds on the other end. Okay. Right. So in, you know, if you can identify this guy's personality, he's a driver. Even though it's kind of hard to tell, he's a driver. How do you know? Short answers just like this i don't have time to deal with this long thing he's a driver so yeah. guess what ask him to drive right i mean seriously drivers want to drive and here's the thing they don't want another driver because when you talk about two drivers you know what drivers are doing they solve problems when two drivers work together they try and solve each other mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and it really becomes problematic Get out of his way. Let him drive the ship. Now, I understand this. This is a challenge. Only about 5% of our population, believe it or not, even though a lot of us are in real estate, are drivers. And so we don't seem to know how to deal with this group of people as a whole. The way you do it is you be confident and get out of the way. Yeah, exactly. So that might have sounded much more like instead of her doing that little education piece, he says, yeah, you know what, we'll do whatever we need to do. We don't need to rent it out, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll buy the next place that suits us and we'll figure it out later. Hey, fantastic. You mentioned you have several properties. Are you purchasing this land to build on, subdivide? What are you doing with it? Like, that's a good shot right there. 
you take yeah. over, educate me on what you know and what your plans are. Yeah, or here's another question. Hey, so it sounds like you've done this before. Are you guys planning on paying cash because of where interest rates are? Or are you guys looking for write-offs? Like what kind of, what, what's your financing plan for something like this? And, and I don't love the financing conversation, but that's another way to have it. You know, I'm complimenting. Asking, asking if somebody's looking for write-offs is a way of uh, saying, oh, you sound like you're really knowledgeable. Let me put it in different terms, right? Yeah. It's I mean, like honoring how much they know. Right. You know, that's why I never ask, are you going to finance? I say, hey, by the way, are you planning on paying cash or do you, are you going to finance? No one has ever been insulted when I ask them if they plan on paying cash, whether it was 10,000 or, or a million. Like, man, this guy must think pretty highly of me. He thinks I got a million dollars cash, right? No one's going to be insulted by that. But if a guy's a multi, multi-millionaire and you start talking to him about FHA financing, that may not be the best approach. <laughs> All right, let's you know, let's round let's round this one out. Um, I don't think there's any rapport built here. I think it's very unlikely that this uh, agent is going to end up doing business with this person because they're very likely, unless the agent just stays in front of them constantly, this person's going to forget who this is, and you'll hear yeah. as we close this out. Already, I mean, you've already no. bought three houses, so I'm sure you have a contact already. We have contacts, but we haven't talked to anyone currently. No. Gotcha. All right, Louis, no worries. Thank you for answering those questions for me. It helps me to kind of put something together for you. Um, the email I have here, let me know if this is the best one. It's lcwilliamjr two zero. I got to hold on a second. We got to cut that out because we're on social media. Got it. Yeah, so wait, let me are, you, are, you, are you paying this at a regular speed or 1.25? 1.25. Perfect, okay. Send it your way, very interactive. You can click on the ones that you like and then ask us for you. Send it your way, very interactive. You can click on the ones that you like and then ask us for questions or if you want to go see it. Um, and we can go from there. Does, does that sound good? Sounds good. Awesome, Louis. So my name is Mike I'm the broker here for Time International Realty. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'll send you my contact info so you can save it, okay? All right, thank you. Thank you, Louis. Oh, yeah. So basically, we really haven't built any rapport. We don't have any relationship with this person. Um, he hasn't expressed any need for us. He hasn't expressed the desire to work with us in any way. And we just said, hey, I'm going to send you some properties and you let me know if you see one that you like. That's how. Yeah. Works. Yeah. Um, all right. We don't have time to play another call. So let's talk a little bit more about this one. Yeah. So um, it's just the reality. We got about five minutes left. So Dale talks about this and I talk about this in two different ways, but it's the, the same end result. I call it a button up. Dale talks about next logical steps. It's all the same thing. Here, here's what the thing is. She had a pseudo plan. I want to work with somebody who has a hell of a good plan. So what do I mean by that? Hey, Bob, I'm going to put together a list of all the properties that meet your criteria. Hopefully I've done better discovery. Let's just assume that. And I'm going to send them over to you. When would be the best time for me to call, have a discussion with you about which of those properties might make sense so that we can put together a plan to help you get this goal that you want? Oh, give me a call tomorrow. Give me a call, you know, or, hey, I can call you later on today or call you tomorrow if you want to use a slot close. But you've got have some kind of plan because I don't even know if this guy's going to look at the email. Yeah. Who knows? I don't. And, and honestly, why should he? I'm, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about that, but if he doesn't, that's okay because she's not calling him anyway. 
and, and I know my guess because she did follow up with him said she'll probably follow up with him in a week or so but Maybe. imagine easy it would be to just say hey i'll tell you what i'll do some research on all these properties that meet your criteria shoot you an email over it and then i'll follow up with you tomorrow what time works better for you in the afternoon or the morning great let's do afternoon four o'clock perfect i'll talk to you then really look forward to finding you what you need bam yeah 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 there's just there's not you, you need some kind of plan there there wasn't much there there wasn't much rapport and the plan was very very thin right which is let me know if you see something so right. that's a that's a good structure to have for somebody to have some next steps with them. You have to have some kind of next step. And frankly, I think that most of it could be, again, if we go back to the call itself, just do a better job of connecting with this other human being that you're talking to. I like to put it this way. Every single person that you talk to, you are deciding whether to buy or sell real estate with them. Your own money's on the line you're going to be moving in there or buying it as an investment or selling it and taking the money to do something with it. So if you and this stranger are making decisions together about buying or selling real estate, you're probably going to come up with a whole lot more questions and much better next step plans. Okay. I love it. That's a great frame of pain. Yeah. Because we can tell that <clears throat> this agent was not in the frame of mind of, oh, I'm going to buy land with this person I'm talking to, uh, she was, a so she didn't ask any of the questions she would need to ask in order to know whether or not she and her partner should buy land together, right? Instead, she approached it as, okay, you want to buy land? How much land? How much do you want to spend? I don't even know if we asked when you want to buy it. We didn't ask why you want to buy it. I'm going to go find you land. I'll put it in front of you. You'll buy it. I'll get paid. Yay, right? That she, It was transactional. Yeah. So 100%. And, you know, and by the way, that's a great way to look at it. Were you transactional or were you relational? Right. Like that's right. an amazing question to ask yourself. And by the way, sometimes I'm transactional. Sometimes I just can't make it to relational, but it's one of my objectives to get to relational. So um, Dale, did you want to read that question in the, in the check, in the, in the chat sure. there? Phil wrote I'll read the nice things that Phil wrote about us. Exceptional. Thank you, guys. Really great. My team lead spoke so highly of you, and you've exceeded expectations. Any suggestions on checklists to use or where to go to get some checklist frameworks? Um, I think that what he's asking is a checklist for questions to ask, I assume. Um, so there's the, yeah, he just wrote yes in the chat. So there's the old school LP mama, right? Uh, which you can find if you just Google LP Mama. It's kind of a, it was one of the first frameworks for how to get through your questions. Yep. Uh, so Brian and I have respective training and coaching companies. In my training and coaching company, basically we say who, where, when, why, what, and how much. And so we teach, we, we much more so teach salespeople how to think in a situation versus running through a checklist. And so if I tell you, get the who, where, when, why, what, and how much, that pretty much covers everything that you need to get from somebody and you do it organically in a conversation. And, and by the way, um, shout out to Dale. I completely stole who, what, why, where, when, and how from Dale. I call it six W's for those of you who are in anywhere close to my age range. That's what they taught us in uh, in like third or fourth grade. I can't remember. I slept since then. But, you know, they taught, taught us six W's. And what I tell my agents is just have that in front of you. Make sure you get those answered. Who, by the way, what is who? 
Brian and Dale? No. Brian, who lives in such and such and does such and such, and, that are, and Dale, you know, and, and oh, their kids, Bob and Sue, and they're 13 and seven. That's who. And so who's, going- Who's going to live there? Who's, who are yeah. the decision makers, right? Who are you? Are you using an agent that falls under who? Yeah. So you go through that who, what, why, where, when, and how. And then for me, I've got four things that I'm trying to accomplish on every on every phone call. And I guess you can just listen to them. Uh, this again, if it is, I'll probably I'll go slowly. But step one is just build some rapport. And you know, Dale and I talk about this all the time. The quickest, fastest way is is keyword backtracking. In other words, when the person answers the phone and says hi, just say hi back to them. Don't say hello. If you're a hello person, say hi anyway. If you're a hey person, just be them. You know, so build some rapport. We've talked many times throughout this call about building a rapport. Number two is do discovery, and that's the who, what, why, where, when, and how. And then set an appointment, and then I like button up. So if the perfect call has all of that. Now, I don't know that I've ever heard the perfect call, and I don't know that I've ever made the perfect call. But that's what the perfect call has in my mind. It has rapport. You do discovery. You got an appointment. You button it up. That's what the perfect call looks like to me. There's always, always room for improvement. Uh, hopefully, everybody understands that. Brian just said he doesn't think he's ever made a, a perfect call. I've never made a perfect call because it can always get better. Um, you know, and uh, so I used to, uh, I'm really into art. And uh, this one artist that I used to follow a lot, he had a phrase, uh, especially in um, in 3D arts, right? So, you know, like clay, glass, stuff like that. And he said, it's not about what you can make, it's about what you can fix. And so when I think about conversations, you know, I could say that the perfect call is one that ends in an appointment, right? Or it ends in in you getting a piece of business. But we all know, Brian and I both know, there's always things that can be fixed in there. And so that's kind of how I look at it. It's like, what's your capacity to fix things? <laughs> you know, what's your capacity to fix a conversation or to fix an interaction with another person? Uh, I find I find that a much more productive metric other than did I have a perfect call or not? Yeah, I love that, by the way, because you're going to say something like I think I'm funny, but I'm not always funny. And <laughs> see, <laughs> right, I'm hilarious. <laughs> you know, but sometimes I'll tell a joke and I think it's really funny and I just get crickets. So, you got to go with it. You got to be able to recover from that because obviously that is not what I'm, I'm using this to build rapport. And I just basically flatten my rapport by telling a dad joke or something. I don't know what, what the joke was, but I, it's happened multiple times. I'm like, damn, that's funny. And they're like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, weird person. <laughs> so that happens and that's okay. Or here's another one that you watch agents, some of them fix it, some of them don't. They talk over the other person. And by the way, I want you guys to know that there are entire families that that's how they communicate. Like my ex-wife's family, I swear to God, like they were having 17 conversations simultaneously and they thought it was communicating. And I was sitting there going, I can't understand the word that's going on. Some people communicate that way. Understand that you can't, if that's you, if that's your family, you can't talk over your lead because there's a real good chance they're like my family and we took turns. So you know, it's not right or wrong, by the way. It's just you have to step into their model of the world. Yes. Brian, thank you for that note. Uh, we have to end for today. Uh, you know, otherwise we will blow these people's minds uh, and speakers and Internet. So you can't have too much goodness in one day, Brian. That's what I've learned. Right.
I love it. Appreciate all you cash callers out there. Um, great, uh, great seeing Dale again. And we will be back next week with uh, more brilliant insight. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant insight. insight. Great seeing everybody. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Cash Call today. If you like what you heard, come check us out at smartsalescoaching.com and we'll be back again next week.